Hey, man, it's good to be with you. I think I forgot how to preach. I hadn't preached since March, and uh, and all this stuff happened. So y'all pray for me tonight as I bring the word of God. I hope that uh, that the things that I say tonight will be encouraging to you. I told him a while ago, and I said it this morning in front of everybody that I wish everybody in this country could have heard that message this morning. It was much needed, much needed. We're in a, a turmoil, a terrible turmoil. And, and uh, 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 is, is like some have said, there's nothing wrong with protesting as long as you do it in a godly way. But uh, uh, tearing up property and stuff like that and stealing and killing and, and doing those kind of things, that's criminal. That's a criminal act, amen? It sure is. I'm going to be in Acts chapter 4. I wanted to preach Second uh, uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. I wanted to bad and uh, even got it back out today and, and looked it over. But uh, God just wouldn't let me do it. So I have to do what he says or, or he quit, might quit using me. If you don't do what God says, he can quit using you. He put you on a shelf, and I, I don't think I want that tonight for sure. And I know Alice don't want it because, uh, uh, you know, I'd be a miserable person to live with. We're going to be, uh, like I said, in Acts chapter 4. If you'll stand with me, please. I'm going to read the first 13 verses. I'm going to use quite a bit uh, in that fourth chapter and chapter 6 and, and uh, you know, uh, just a, a couple of things out of that. He said, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came up on them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day. In other words, they put them in jail uh, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men were about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Nias and uh, the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this intimate man, by what means he is made whole. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. And this is a stone which is set at naught of your builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither, neither, is there salvation any other? For there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Father, I pray you'll bless your word now. And bless me, Father, it's been a while uh, since I've been in the pulpit, Lord. And, and I pray you'll help me tonight, Lord. I'm, I'm just a nobody, Lord, and never have have claimed to be anything, Father. And I pray that God tonight, that God, you'll just uh, uh, get a hold of me uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And God, you might uh, uh, put your word out, Father. And God, we might receive that word tonight. And I pray for these ones that uh, made mention of tonight, that God, you might uh, bless them, Father, in a special way tonight. Uh, Lord, I can't imagine uh, being out on the lake and, and uh, somebody run over me. I pray, God, you might bless that young 
man. And Father, oh, oh brother uh, James, Lord, bless him tonight. Others that can't be here, Father, I pray you'll be with them, Father, in a special way. Now, Lord, lead us tonight. If there's one among us, uh, one watching on the internet, uh, whatever it might be, or out in the parking lot, I pray that God, the Spirit of God, might reach down in those homes and those automobiles, and God, they might uh, realize their need for Jesus tonight. Lord, the greatest thing that ever could happen uh, to this nation will be a great revival, uh, my sweet through here. Uh, Lord, I'd like to see it one time uh, before I die. I pray, God, you might just uh, hear our prayer tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated if you want to, or you can stand. I don't care. Amen. <laughs> uh, I'm just glad to be anywhere tonight at my age. I don't know how you are. Uh, uh, Larry and I are the oldest two men in this church, aren't we, Larry? I'm proud to be here, aren't you? Amen. Him and I go back a long, long way. We've known each other for over 50 years, and, uh, you know, it's been a long time. But uh, uh, like I say, uh, hearing the Word of God, there's some things here uh, that I want to share with you uh, today that might just help you a little bit. Now, there in verse 13, now, uh, I had about seven or eight sermons uh, uh, just in this one chapter. Amen. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, pastor, for 40 years, you uh, come to uh, collect several messages. And, and several in the same chapter and even some on the same verse and uh, because God blesses that away. But uh, verse 13 says in the Word of God, Now when they uh, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and the knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now I want to share with you tonight, uh, have you been with Jesus? And, and uh, if, they, uh, if you have not, I think this would be a good time uh, for you to uh, know him as Lord and Savior. If I wasn't saved tonight, if I didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight in all the chaos that's gone on in these few months, I think I'd be crazy too. They say suicide uh, is on the rise. It's really, uh, uh, many folks are committing suicide. Uh, you know why they are? Because they're scared. You know why they are? Because their job was their God. Amen. You know why they are? Because they're out of church. They're away from God. They don't have a any idea uh, that Jesus can change your life and change it tonight. That's that's a, uh, that, that's a gospel truth tonight, if you ever did hear it uh, in the Word of God. So uh, these men, uh, they came from all classes of people. You know, that's what always amazed me. Uh, uh, Brother James, uh, uh, the churches that I pastored and where I, all the churches I preached at uh, down through the years, all kinds of people. Only two churches, I, I pastored six churches, and only two Two of them uh, is like what he said this morning. Uh, were kind of clickish, and one of them uh, was uh, I forgot the word that you use, uh, uh, clannish. Yeah, they were clannish. And and one place I went uh, to pastor, uh, and and I know this is on video, and I don't care. Amen. Um, one place I went to pastor, and uh, uh, when I got that little town, and I went to the uh, restaurant and grocery store there, when I walked in, a lot of men around there, you know how they gather around the spit. Whittle Club uh, gathers around in the little grocery stores we used to have and they straighten out the world's problems and, and uh, what they didn't realize was it didn't help one bit. Amen. <laughs> Not one bit. But anyway, I walked in the store and the uh, restaurant there and everybody just shut up. I looked around, you know, I thought, wow, man. They've heard of me and they know I'm mean as a devil and they know they, they think I'm coming here to start some trouble, amen? Uh, but I didn't. And, uh, uh, you know, and it took a while uh, for folks to realize I wasn't going to hurt them. 
I wasn't going to do anything to them. I, I knew I had a bad name uh, back years ago and run with some of those guys uh, around that area there. Uh, but God changed all that. Amen. Amen. I ain't the same old person I used to be. Only by the grace of God, any of us are, are here tonight. But I sort of say, what I want to tell you tonight, all class of people come to church. What keeps us all together? What keeps us in this building? Why, how can we be friends to each other when we, many of us have completely different families, completely different backgrounds and, and jobs and, and things like that? What keeps us together? i tell you what it is. It's the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. It keeps us together. And that's what God, that's what he's trying to tell them here. One church I pastored uh, many years ago, and I hope they hear this tonight, uh, is that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, they, they accused me uh, of, uh, I had 16 deacons at that church. That's enough to kill any church, amen? <laughs> it sure is. But, uh, and, and I was so young, I didn't know how to split them up, you know. And uh, so they ganged up on me a lot. And, and of course, I, I was so dumb and ignorant that I stayed on to them all the time, amen. They'd give me notes in my hand when I walked out. You just hurt my feelings today or something like that, you know. Can't you preach on anything but the deacons? I said, well, the deacons get right, I'll quit preaching on them, amen. <laughs> I was just dumb enough to say those things, amen. And, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, um, and they came from every class of people, and Paul said that he was a debtor to everybody. Not only the Jew, but also the Greek. Uh, as he said in Romans in chapter 1 uh, there that he was. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, that, that's amazing to me. And, and uh, let me finish up that other story. I'm jumping around too much because I ain't preaching so long. I forget where I'm at. Amen. Just stay with me, okay, the best you can. And uh, uh, so uh, uh, this, this one church, and, and uh, uh, man, I, I don't know about you. I love poor people. I love common people. That's where I come from. That's what I came out of. And I love those people. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, they'll make you good church members. I, I've, I've heard some say in the church, you know, if somebody uh, uh, influential come in the church, you know, and they'll say, oh, man, uh, they, they're going to be they're going to be worth something. They're going to be great church members. And most of the time they ain't. Amen. Uh, uh, but then uh, uh, they, they said about me, they said, all he wants to do is win people to Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. 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 That's what I thought it was all about. All he wants to do is bring in people uh, that, are, that are not in our class. You know, the class of people, all that. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, those folks love Jesus just like everybody else does. Amen. And they need to be saved like everybody else does. Amen. They need Jesus just like you and I need Amen. Jesus. And I, just, uh, I have a, a tender spot in my heart uh, for those folks tonight. And uh, then uh, none of that, uh, they said that they were ignorant and unlearned. What do they mean by that? Were they stupid? I don't think so. You know, uh, uh, that uh, uh, they, uh, uh, were they, uh, they, they were not dumb. Uh, they, uh, uh, they, they didn't go to seminary. You know, they didn't go, they went to seminary. Uh, they didn't go to their uh, Gamal school of law, uh, but they uh, went somewhere else. They were at the feet of Jesus. The one that, that took care of everything. The smartest man in the world, amen, was Jesus Christ. How can you go to any school any better than Jesus' school? Amen. All right. That's what they were uh, there. Then uh, they had been with Jesus, and he taught them uh, what they needed to know and learn. And, and uh, they were with him uh, for three years. It was a traveling college. Amen. A traveling college. Boy, I would to God that a lot of young preachers today will get in on that traveling college with Jesus Christ. 
And I, I'm like Brother James. I, I hope and, and I'm praying about it myself that, that we might uh, do uh, a preacher school on Thursday nights, maybe this fall. Uh, and, and what little knowledge I got, maybe I can help you a little bit and learn some things about uh, the Word of God and about the doctrines of the Bible. And, and Brother James been preaching on, uh, uh, you know, the church. And boy, I love every minute of it because I'm a church man. Amen. I believe local New Testament church. Amen. Made up of baptized, born-again believers. Amen. Uh, and of the same uh, courage and the same faith that we believe the Lord Jesus Christ and believe this whole book right here. I'm a King Jane virgin man. Amen. I sure am. And I always will be. I just don't have no time for... Uh, I, I, uh, I used to have a lot of those different Bibles, you know, just to look at them, read them, and to see what they say. And compare them to this book, I throw them all away. They distort the Word of God. Yeah. One, NIT, I believe it is, leaves out 3,200 words out of the King James Bible. Now, I'm telling you, folks, there's something wrong with that. Right. And I don't care for it, and I know you don't either uh, tonight. All right, uh, there in verse 20, the Bible says in the Word of God, uh, very plainly, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 20, I believe it is, he said, uh, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. That's what we speak. He said, I can't, uh, Peter and, and John said, we can't say anything but what we've seen and heard. They'd been with Jesus for three years. They heard everything he said. They saw everything he'd done. They saw all the miracles. They saw him raise somebody from the dead. Uh, they saw him uh, 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 make the blind to see, uh, the dumb to speak, and the deaf to hear. They saw all of that. And they, that's all they could say. They couldn't say nothing else but that. Right. And that's what we need to do and preach the Word of God. Jesus called them out to glorify God. That's what he done. He called them out to glorify God just like he does you and I. And, and I think Brother James has mentioned that a few times uh, uh, in the Word of God. Along with some other things, I'm quitting in just a moment. Uh, I'll be done in a little bit. Y'all hang on. That's what he says a lot. Amen. That's his by word. I'm more quitting just a minute, okay? <laughs> I don't care. I love the preaching of the Word of God, folks. I sure do. I love good singing. I appreciate it very much. That's a form of worship. Amen. Amen. Singing is a form of worship, and I appreciate it uh, very much. But I'm telling you something. Uh, I love the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. I can listen to it all day long. You know, like old Paul uh, was there. You know, you probably forgot about that scripture. Should have quoted that to him. Paul preached all night one night. Amen. Only one man fell asleep that whole night. Rest of them didn't. He fell out of the uh, loft and, and he come back up alive and they went on preaching again. They didn't stop. Just kept on preaching, you know. I've seen that happen. You have too. Look at there. <laughs> we had one man in the church, first church I pastored, great big large man. He was, uh, he was uh, illiterate. He, he couldn't read and write. Uh, just an old logger, uh, the way I grew up, and, and him and I just hit it off right off the bat because, uh, you know, we, I, when I first started uh, working with my dad and my uncle and my uncles, and, and uh, we were loggers, and we, we had a sawmill, and, and the hardest work I've ever done in my life, working a sawmill. And uh, uh, we started out with horses. My granddaddy finally bought a tractor, an M Farmall tractor, and uh, uh, we used it some too, but we still used horses. And, and uh, so that's why we got along good. But he'd go to sleep every Sunday morning. And, and we didn't have padded pews down there. 
And uh, uh, the church was about this size, maybe just a little bit bigger, not much, but about this size. And uh, one Sunday morning, I was preaching my heart out, and all of a sudden I heard, boom! And he fell over front. Uh, he went to sleep so hard, he fell over and hit the front pew, and uh, you know, right in front of him there. And uh, I mean, his old noggin, he was just a big old man. He had a big old head, and that probably weighed 50 pounds his head did. <laughs> I mean, he hit hard. And, and uh, after service, I, I said, uh, 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 brother, I said, uh, did you hear what I preached today? Yes, sir, heard every word of it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. And so we're to bring God glory. Verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The Bible says in the word of God, uh, for the preaching of the cross, it's to them that perish foolish, but to us which are saved, it is the power of God. Amen. Now, look on down there in verse 21. He says in the word of God, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. For it pleased God by the foolish of preaching to save them uh, that believe. Verse uh, in uh, uh, verse thirty-one over there in the same chapter, he said that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And that's why I don't. I, I, I ain't never told. I don't tell people how many marriages I performed, or how many funerals I've done, or how many revivals I preached, or or anything like that. I'm not going to brag about that. That's all about God. Amen. I heard a preacher one time say, I, I preached 250 funerals and, and 300 marriages. I bless God, 300 marriages. Oh, that's enough to kill anybody. And, you know, done all that kind of bragging about it. But, folks, I'm telling you, uh, we don't have anything to brag about. We need to brag on Jesus. Bring him glory. Bring him glory tonight. We see the word of God. When someone has been with Jesus, it will show up sooner or later. It's going to show up sooner or later. I'm going to tell you right now it is. You just can't, you can't help yourself. It's just got to. It's got to show up sooner or later. Let's go back over uh, there in uh, chapter 4 in um, uh, verse 14. The Bible says in the word of God there, and behold the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Verse 15 says, but when they had commanded them to go outside of, of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do with these men? For then indeed a notable uh, miracle has been done by them is manifest or made evident to all them that dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. We cannot deny it. Uh, you know, that, that's what the Word of God says there. We just can't deny uh, what's happened uh, to this man. I'm going to tell you something. If you're really saved by the grace of God, it's going to show up sooner or later. You can't keep quiet about it, uh, folks, I'm telling you today. I've seen folks come and, and make professional faith and, and say they're saved by the grace of God and never tell anybody about Jesus. I worry about those folks. I don't worry about anything, but I worry about that. When they just don't have the guts uh, to stand up and say anything about Jesus. I never will forget, we were having revival uh, down at Baltimore. I was saved there. And uh, I'd just gotten saved by the grace of God. And my old dad was out of church and been out for a good long while. A preacher had hurt his feelings back years ago. And uh, uh, he just uh, quit and didn't go back. He was a young Christian, just got saved. And, and uh, this preacher said something, uh, uh, you know, uh, about him. And, and uh, so it hurt his feelings and he uh, wouldn't come back but anyway uh, uh, Don and I got saved by the grace of God 
And my brother Don led me to Jesus. And God called me to preach. And, and we were having revival. Now, uh, you'd have to know uh, my dad. He was a, a super guy. He had lots of friends. But uh, he had a problem. I had a drinking problem, had uh, and uh, never did beat us or uh, anything like that. He just uh, had a drinking problem, and and uh, but it, so he quit church a long time ago. And so uh, one night uh, during that revival, uh, God got a hold of my heart and and said, "You need to go talk to your daddy." I said, "All right, I will." We got in the car, and I told Alice, "I got to go talk uh, to my dad." And she said, "No, uh, you'll hurt his feelings. You uh, you you're too hard, and you know different." Things like that, and, and uh, but I, I'll tell you what she said. She loved my dad. She come in our family. She's sixteen years old, and she loved my dad, and my dad loved her. Matter of fact, he took up for her and would not take up for me. Amen. <laughs> That's how much they loved each other. And when he died, my wife cried for two weeks. I, I ain't never seen anything like it. She thought more of my daddy than she did her own daddy because her own daddy wasn't lovable. I'm gonna be honest with you. But anyway. Uh, beside all that, so we went there, and uh, and I uh, I went in, and they were sitting on the couch, and and I said, Dad, I got to talk to you a few minutes. I called him Pop. I said, Pop, I got to talk to you a few minutes. He said, Okay. I said, Dad or Pop. I said, uh, You know, uh, I'm I'm 27 years old. I ain't been saved very long, and my brother Don got saved. And he was 25. And he's a year younger than me, and he'd only been saved a little over a year. And so uh, I said, you know what, Dad, not one time did you ever tell me and Don about Jesus. Not one time. All of our life. We've been in bad car wrecks, Don and I. We, we almost drowned in, in, uh, in the uh, Atlantic Ocean back years ago because we was ignorant about oceans and being late of the evening. And, and uh, uh, all kinds of things that happened to us in our life. But God spared us for some reason or another. And I know what it is now. But I didn't then. And I said, you never did one time tell us about Jesus. I know that you used to go to church. I know you said that you got saved many years ago. But he's, I said, I'm telling you right now, I don't know if you're saved or not. If Don and I both died in the state we was in, that had been blood on your hands because you're my dad. He started crying. I ain't never seen my dad cry. He started crying. I said, Dad, won't you get right with the Lord tonight? If you're not saved, get saved. If you are saved, get right with him. He got on his knees. He got right with the Lord. Now, my mama was, you know, one of those Christians that in and out, just floating along. You know what I'm saying? One church on Sunday morning, get satisfied, get to up east. She went in the kitchen. She had gone in the kitchen because she didn't want to hear what I had to say. But I was loud enough that she heard me. And all of a sudden, I heard her bawling like a baby. We met there in the hallway. And they made, got right with God and got right with each other. Amen. He started going to church, Amen. got involved in church. Until two weeks before he died, he was in church. Amen. Amen. Because I had enough guts in me to go and tell him about Jesus. It wasn't the guts in me. It was Jesus in me. Amen. Uh, amen. That's what it's all about. Listen, you cannot. You cannot, how in the world, how in the world can you lay down of a night with a child in the next room if you don't know they're saved or not? How in the world can you lay down of a night if your husband or wife laying next to you if you don't know if they're saved or not and not ever say anything to them? 
How in the world can you work with people and, and uh, not ever say anything about Jesus? I work with some of the roughest crowd that you could ever work with, construction workers. They're rough. They're tough. And they're from all over the country, and I work with them. I know how they are. Because I used to be one of them, amen. I used to be one of them. I was able to talk to those men about Jesus. One of them, uh, one day we was having a big shutdown uh, down at West Faco, and I had, a, I had about 120 mill rights uh, under me and, and uh, uh, working with them. And, and uh, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I think mill rights are the biggest bunch of crybabies that you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Ain't that right, Chad? He knows what I'm talking about. And Micah, too. They're both mill rights. They are crybabies. But, and and you got to deal with all that. And I dealt with it best I knew how. And had a smile on my face. And one of the old roughnecks come to me one day. He said, Preacher, I don't understand how you can smile all the time with all this mess going on. I said, because I got Jesus in my heart. That's why I can. Got Jesus in my heart. I can't help myself. I just can't do it. All right, listen to me. Here's what the Word of God says here uh, in... Um, uh, you know, they, they threatened him. They said, uh, you know, uh, verse 17 says, but they, uh, that it spread no further among the people. Uh, let us straightly threaten them that they may speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them, this verse 18, uh, not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more unto God, judge ye. We can't... Uh, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now, let me say this. I'm not trying to down our government or anything like that. But it comes a time if, you, if they tell me that I can't serve my Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to buck the law. I'm going to buck the law. I may get be put in jail like they were. Because I think that's the right thing to do. You know, try to do the best you can. Go along with it the best you can. But when it comes down to the time, they say, you cannot open that church door no more. I am going to buck them. Amen. I'm going to tear that church door down Amen. to get in here. Amen. I may be having batons on the back of my old knotty head. Can't look no worse than what it does now. Amen. I'm telling you. All right. I said enough about that. Anyway, listen. What did they do? What did they do? They went back to church. Didn't they? After they threatened them, after they got them out of jail and threatened them, they went back to the house of God. And boy, I'm telling you something. They had a prayer meeting there out of this world. It said in verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they'd heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that them is, uh, that them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why do the heathen rage of people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For for truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, uh, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Do whatsoever thy head and thy counsel turn to be done, uh, before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants uh, that with all boldness they may speak thy word now listen what he says here what happened here 
by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness Amen. When the church gets behind their pastor and he knows that whatever happens, if he's preaching the word of God, that folks, uh, he'll have boldness to wax strong in the Lord. He'll be able to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. And even if the church don't back him up, he's still going to do it. Amen. He sure is. Listen, folks, I'm telling you something. Here today, they, uh, they got fresh boldness because they went back to the church of God. Amen. Something about the church, ain't it? It's something about this whole church. When folks get together, God's people get together and go to praying, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen, folks. I'm telling you, they had a prayer meeting there, and they got uh, uh, serious about Jesus. Then one other, a couple other things, and I'm going to quit here in just a moment. I see a clock. All right. The, uh, when, when someone has been with Jesus, as I said, it'll show up sooner or later. I love, and, and my son does too, and I'm going to share this uh, with you tonight, not just because he's here, but because he loves this verse of Scripture. It says in Acts chapter 6, uh, in verse 8, and Stephen, now he was uh, one of the deacons there at First Baptist Church at, at uh, Jerusalem, okay? One of the deacons there. Stephen, full of the faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose a certain of the synagogue of the call, uh, the synagogue of Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were uh, uh, not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they stubborn men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came up on him and called him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceased not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. Now listen to verse, this, this verse 15. And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face and it had been the face of, a, of, of, of an angel. They looked at old Stephen. All oh, they, they, they accused him of everything. That, well, they lied about him every way in the world. They're going to kill him no matter what. But they lied about him. Did he do anything? He'd jump up and protest and got a big sign and said, uh, you know, uh, uh, say Stephen and, and all that church come together and let's march on Washington, all that kind of stuff, make some big signs about it. No. The Bible says that he stood his ground and preached the word of God. And the Bible says when they looked on his face, it looked like a face of an angel. Because what he said come from God, right from the very throne of God. Amen. Then over in chapter 7, and here's Chad's favorite part of that uh, verse here. And I, like I said, I'm not just doing it because he's here, but I'm going to share this with you. There in verse, chapter 7, verse 54, when they heard these sayings, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looking up steadfast into heaven, and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. God, Jesus gave him a right hand, a, a, a standing ovation, Amen. because he stood for the Word of God. You may not get 
get recognized on this earth. You may be a person, just a lowly person, uh, doing the best you can, trying to uh, do what God wants you to do, and you may not ever get recognized. But I'm telling you, I know somebody will recognize you, and his name is Jesus. He loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you are, he, God loves you, he always has, and he always will. You can't break God's love no matter what you do uh, here today. All right. So they got serious about Jesus. And uh, they have one heart and a one soul when a church comes to a place in their life of one heart and one soul. God's going to move on that place. God's going to move on it. I'm telling you right now, when you uh, have the same mind and, the, uh, and have, uh, you'll have great power and, and uh, their mind was on Jesus. Their mind was on soul winning about the things of God. Can the world uh, say of you and I too that I have been with Jesus? Can the world say that about you? Can they say it about me? Look, hey man, I believe that old boy's been with Jesus. I believe that young that girl's been with Jesus. I believe that young person's been with Jesus. Years ago, I led two young brothers to the Lord. And back then, we didn't have the money to buy nice Bibles. And what we could do, buy them some New Testaments. And I bought them out of my own pocket, and I didn't have it either. I bought them some New Testaments. And, and, and they took them to school with them. And they told everybody they met about Jesus. These two little boys, little brothers, told everybody they met about Jesus. And one of the teachers said, y'all just can't do that. Y'all uh, are upsetting some of our kids. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? They didn't stop. Has kept on doing it. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, another little story. Alice told one this morning to Kim, but here's another one, a couple more. Years ago when I first started pastoring, uh, I won this couple Lord that he hadn't, hadn't been long since he'd been out of Vietnam. He's rough as a cob, didn't have no teeth, and had all his teeth pulled, and just rough. I mean, they were rough. You're talking about folks rough. They were rough. And uh, anyway, I led both of them to Jesus. And he had, they had two little girls. One was about four and one was about two or three. And uh, the little four-year-old uh, come down. I'd I done dismissed church and the little girl was coming forward, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm looking around. I thought, oh, Jesus is here. She was talking about me. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. I can never be Jesus, but I can be like him. I can have the same attitude, the same heart, the same mind. Philippians 2 says, let this mind be in you. Amen. The mind of Christ in our life today. I ain't always been perfect, still ain't. Still have problems. I understand it. I thought after all these years, me being saved by the grace of God and, and preaching as long as I had, that, you know, things wouldn't cross my mind. But here, here's the thing I want to tell you young people, and I'm going to close here in just a minute. It's hard for me to tell you this, especially out here like this. Some of the bad things you do as a young person will haunt you for the rest of your life. Even though you get saved by the grace of God, those things are going to still cross your mind, going to haunt you. I'm telling you for a fact, I'm a living proof of that. I never thought when I was a kid, I'd just live like I wanted to, like the devil, went on, done what I wanted to do, and, and just, you know, uh, kicked up my heels and, and frolicked around in my life and, and done some terrible things. 
And when God saved my soul, it's boy, boy, it's, it's over. It's done with. And it was as far as the guilt, finally. Finally, the guilt. I got over it through the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm going to tell you all something right now. The devil still brings some of those things up to me every once in a while. If not just me and my subconscious, I'll meet some old boy that I used to run with. I remember that time, man, you got this on that. I said, yeah, but I remember a time when I got through with all that and God saved my soul. Amen. Amen. They'll bring it up to you. They like to. They like to bring those things up to you. And then so we need to watch what we say, watch where we go, and watch what we do. I can't be Jesus, but I can be like him in my life. And we need to understand that. We can be like him. I'll never be Jesus. He was the only perfect man ever lived, and that brings me to a story I'm going to close. One time in church, there was a preacher. He was preaching, but he was getting with it. I mean, preaching his heart out, and he said, there's only one perfect man that ever lived on this earth, and his name is Jesus Christ. About that time, a guy stood up in the back. He said, wait a minute, preacher. Oh, that's not right. And the preacher was flabbergasted. He said, what do you mean? He said, my wife's first husband was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> ain't that about right somebody's got to ruin the whole thing ain't they? they sure have listen I appreciate the opportunity of being here tonight I hope I've helped you there's a lot more I wanted to say but I, I don't, we don't have time for that tonight uh, but I've had lots of experiences and I hope I can share some of those things with you as days go on and time goes on that we can get closer I still don't know everybody's name here some of you I've known for a long time some of you I, I don't know uh, it's, it's not that I don't want to. This blame virus ever gets over. Uh, every once in a while, Alice, uh, she's learned something to do. I don't have to say that on here, but I will anyway. She'll bump into somebody and say, oh, excuse me. <laughs> you ain't supposed to hug or shake hands or anything. And she accidentally bumps into people. Amen. <laughs> now she's probably going to get put in jail. Amen. I'll tell you one thing, they won't keep her very long. All right, serious right now, serious right now. God loves you. Jesus died for you. He wants to save you. He wants to change your life. And like I say, if you say you've been saved by the grace of God and you've never told anybody about Jesus, you've never told your family, you've never told anybody you work with, you've never shared that with anybody, there's something wrong with that. Something wrong with it. And if you don't like, if you make every excuse in the world why you can't go to church, then I, I'd, if I were you, I think I'd get on this altar tonight and find out why. Why don't I want to go to church? Why do I not want to talk to people about Jesus? Why do I not want to witness for the Lord? Why do I not want to tithe? I'm telling you how I know I'm getting old. My tithes were in my pocket. This morning I was going to put them in the offering thing. And that little thingy back there, y'all got, amen, that little thingy. And, and I completely forgot. I got home and changed shirts, and I look at my pockets. There's my, my ties. I got to get them back there tonight. When we didn't have church, I sent mine in. Some of you old God so much, you'll never get him paid back. I think about it like this old Percy Ray said one time. And he did pastor church over 120 people. Do you know that? 120 people all he ever had. Masses of people would come to his camp. Thousands of people would get saved by the grace of God. He started churches all over his country. He started Northside Baptist Church in Mayfield. 
It's gone to put, but it used to be a great church. It used to be a great church. It sure did. They're going to hear that. I'm going to get a phone call tonight. But I'm telling you, folks, he used to say this. If you don't tithe, you rob God. And when you get to heaven, God's going to say, settle there, you thief. You rob, you rob the church. You're going to rob heaven? You know, he used to say that. So I'm blaming him for that. He's dead and gone. Why I said that, I don't know. But anyway, listen to me tonight. Elijah's going to give us a, a verse of something tonight, and Kim's going to come and uh, play the piano, and, and Brother uh, James is going to get right here and stand right here in front. Maybe you need to stand in the pulpit, I guess, don't you, brother? Yeah, all right. And if you want to stand down there, okay. If you want to stand in the pulpit, that's fine. But maybe you need to come tonight. Maybe you need to give your heart to Jesus. Just pray together and stand with us as I pray. Father, I come to you tonight in the name of Jesus through his precious blood that God some way or another that, Lord, I might have said something. I think I acted like a fool sometime tonight, Lord. It's been a while since I've been able to preach. And, and God, I, I pray and hope that I didn't hurt uh, people's feelings, but, God, I might have hurt the heart tonight. And, God, they might get right with you. And, God, you might give honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. I pray the Spirit of God will sweep through this place tonight and revival might break out right here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.